0: You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com.
1: We're talking about NFL free agency right now on that Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio
0: 94.1. The Tim Donnelly Show, taking to the road. Next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, leading up to the men's NCAA tournament later in the week, which you can hear right here on 94.1. Uh, we're going to be out and about on Monday at Wild Wing Cafe in Chesapeake, on Tuesday at Inland Reef, Virginia Beach, and on Wednesday at Old Beach Tavern in Virginia Beach, the Tim Donnelly Show will be broadcast live, so you can stop by say hi. We want to hear from you. Speaking of being on the road, that's, that's what we call a segue, good old transition, here in, uh, in radio, uh, the entire Jets brass, the, the brain trust was on the road yesterday and on the road back home today. The Jets flew home from their California meet and greet with Aaron Rodgers this morning. And I just I find this this image funny. You know, the Jets are overthinking it right now. Right. You, have, you, have you ever sat around with one of your friends after a first date or something, right? They go out on the date, they do the dinner, they do the movie, they come back, you and all your buddies are playing video games in the living room. It went well. You start doing the, well, you have to wait three days to contact them. I mean, you can't reach out right away, right? What'd you guys talk about? Did you have like real conversations or were they, with, did how'd she leave it? Right. And they're excited, but you're almost just kind of egging them on. Oh yeah. And then she said what? Oh, and then, then what did she say? Yeah. Most of it doesn't matter, right? You know if you got the vibe or not, but you can just tell that the Jets are at home right now in Jersey. The the New York Jets are at home and they're going, When when do you think we should reach back out again? Would it would it be kind of clingy if we reached out now? I don't I, he doesn't strike me as somebody that wants to have a, a you know, a clingy team. Would it be weird if I text him? I mean, Nathaniel, their offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, he knows him. Right? So we'll have Nathaniel reach out. no 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 Nathaniel, don't reach out but Nathaniel, call somebody who knows him and see if he's mentioned us. Could you call Randall Cobb call Randall Cobb and and, and just see like that maybe he mentioned us did he bring us up did he say did he like the day? Because literally what they had was an, uh, an afternoon and evening with him. then they woke up the next morning and left. Their entire franchise <laughs> hangs in the balance right now. They're not going back to Zach Wilson this year. I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. They will have a new quarterback this year. I mean, at least this season hangs on these these decisions in the next couple of days. Do you walk away with Aaron Rodgers? Do you pivot and go, wait a second, we might have Lamar. Maybe we can make an offer that the Ravens can't match, or do you sit around twiddle your thumbs and end up getting caught with Jimmy G? Here is what I would say about the Lamar pivot: the Jets shouldn't, right? If if, an Aaron Rodgers in the hand is worth a a Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson in in the bush. That I don't that wasn't best best little turn of phrase there, but you get what I am saying. Don't lose Lamar. Don't lose Aaron because you might have Lamar. Now, here's the, the interesting part about the meeting. Like I said, it was an afternoon and evening, which I think was a good play by the Jets. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, and again, I'm just from the outside, but we, we I mean, we hear a lot from him. The guy talks to the media. Doesn't strike me as somebody that wants a full weekend, right? He's like a in-and-out ty- type of visitor. Some meaningful conversations, and then you, then you get out. But the group that went to meet with Rodgers in California – uh, included Woody Johnson, the Jets owner, Joe Douglas, the Jets GM, Robert Sala, the Jets head coach, and Nathaniel Hackett, the Jets offensive coordinator. That's about as, as you know, Knights of the Roundtable for the Jets as you can send. That's everybody of importance. Albert Breer was on Freddie and Fitzsimmons talking
2: about the Jets
0: being willing to, to do it all.
2: You put the owner on the plane, you put the team president on the plane, you put the head coach, the GM, the offensive coordinator on the plane. You're not doing that. Because you're hoping he'll listen. You're doing that because you're hoping to walk away with some sort of resolution. And they have to feel good about where they are, both when it comes to the trade comp and being able to do a contract. And, you know, a lot of this is going to come down to what Aaron wants to do, you know. And I think that's sort of where it's been for a while. And if you're trying to sell Aaron Rodgers on coming to New York, I think you probably feel like a lot of the other pieces are in place financials, the trade, all that other place. So I think the Jets are want to do what it takes to get Aaron Rodgers.
0: You don't put that group on a plane hoping he'll listen. Right? You put that group on the plane hoping to get it done. It's, it's you know, in college recruiting, the head coach is kind of like that. Normally, right, The and especially, I mean, if you're a five-star, you talk to the head coach all the time. Let's just get that. But for most recruiting prospects, you talk to to your region recruiter quite a bit. Then, if the, the the person that recruits your region is not your position, you talk to your position coach quite a bit as it gets on. Maybe you talk to a coordinator if it's not one of those other two. And then the head coach like makes an in home visit. He's bringing papers to sign, right? Like he's he's bringing. I need you to commit before I leave. When you put the owner of an NFL team on a plane and go cross-country, that's like I'm, I'm showing up and I expect yes. I don't I do not do this for no's. The Jets cannot mess this up. This is high-stakes poker for the New York Jets right now, and it's tough because you're playing with somebody with no tells. right? Aaron Rodgers is sitting at the poker table. He's doing a whole bunch of outlandish stuff. He is he's hes talking funny, he's looking at his cards, he's sometimes not looking at his cards. Sometimes he's drinking, sometimes he's not, right? We, you ever played poker with a wild card, you know what I'm talking about. They're playing high stakes poker and, and he's over there with his glasses upside down, meaning it's like sunglasses upside down on his face and he's singing Avril Lavigne. What are you supposed to do with that? How are you supposed to read that? The Jets cannot mess this up. Cannot mess this up. Matter of fact, they would be. We've been talking all day about the Lamar Jackson stuff. Why is everyone so quickly out? It makes no sense at all. The Jets are the only team that would have made sense to be quickly out. If they would have just gone, I don't have time for this. I'm not even looking at it. I've got a lot on my plate over here. I want Aaron to know we're all in. I'm out. They've got a reason. Washington, no reason. Raiders, no reason. Panthers, no reason. Falcons, no reason. So the Jets, um, for once, I'll give the Jets a pass. Call and text lines open, 757-687-9494. A lot we still have to get to on the Lamar Jackson situation. Uh, He is non-exclusively franchise tagged, and just about every team that I thought would be in has already said they're out. Call and text in, 757-687-9494. Robbie, let's go to the text line. What do you got?
2: From the seven five seven ten, we've been getting a lot of texts about Lamar Jackson not having an agent. Which is
0: fair. Um, I do think, and, and I was actually talking about this with Robbie off air. Traditionally, NFL agents take four to ten percent, right? Um you're negotiating bigger deals. If you're a better prospect, they'll obviously negotiate down. I, I even and again, I looked it up after we talked. Uh, certain agents, when they're competing for the very, very top prospects will say, I will take 1% of your rookie contract and then it'll up to four or five, whatever they negotiate on the second contract because they're being competitive and want to sign those guys. Um, I think right now, Lamar Jackson could go to the biggest agents in the world. We're talking uh, Athletes First who just just negotiated Daniel Jones' deal. Lee Steinberg, who we had on the show uh, on on Radio Row. He could go to Drew Rosenhaus, right? The guys we know, and he could be like, listen, I'll give you a fourth of a percent and i think they would they would take it because he within the next 2 months he's going to sign a big deal or next offseason he's going to sign a big deal i'm talking like 100 plus million dollars guaranteed so they can take a fourth of a percent and that's what 250 grand for 2 months work they'll do that and then they'll get to put the feather in their cap of we negotiate one of the biggest deals in nfl history which is always good for an agent i would be in, if i were him i'd consider it think about him right now he has to negotiate with hopefully all of these teams come back in, uh, seven, eight teams at once, three at minimum. That's tough. He also has to A, just handle the, the negotiation with like business, right? Don't don't push too far, know what to, you're gonna compromise, all those sorts of things. But also, like, doesn't he I would want an agent to just tell me, been here before, you're gonna be fine. Right. He he got the non exclusive tag placed on him at three fifteen yesterday. And very, very quickly, Panthers, we're out. Raiders, we're out, commanders, we're out. Like these are teams that he was probably banking on being in the running. I would love to have an agent sitting there going, listen, they're just saying that. We're gonna get him back in. Don't worry. You go, you go, yeah, go work out, go throw, uh, go go on vacation. You'll be all right. That just to get your heart rate down. He has, I mean, he has to be freaking out. Has to. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to do some give, giving aways. Okay, We have uh, three different pairs of tickets to give away. We'll do one of them in the next segment. Ooh, a little mystery. Uh, also in the next segment, uh, we'll continue the Lamar Jackson conversation. And we were ahead of the curve last week when we talked about this, but uh, but it's, it's getting more real. Derrick Henry might be on the move, being shopped. Who should want him? Why should we not be surprised? Stick around. Sports talk with a side of movie quotes. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand
1: fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1.
0: Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Should the Titans trade Derrick Henry? Should the Titans, who have really lived on the shoulders of Derrick Henry the past four or five seasons. Should they trade Derrick Henry? If you're surprised that they would want to, you haven't been paying attention. Mike Florio, pro football talk on Derrick Henry being shopped.
1: Derrick Henry, one of the best running backs in football, Jim Brown in this day and age, reportedly on the trade market for the Tennessee Titans. Mike Silver reported that yesterday and I'm surprised. Look, I'm surprised. And it may be that Derrick Henry just wants another contract. He's due to make $10.5 million this year, the final year of his current deal. And if he wants more than they're willing to pay, and he wants to go somewhere where they'll pay him more, and he doesn't want to play out the final year of his contract, I mean, when you're a running back, it's a different mindset. You got to get your money while you can. This may be his last good year. This guy's already <laughs> stretched the rubber band farther than I thought he would, Chris. He's lasted longer at a high level, and you never know when the wheels are going to come off.
0: Hmm. Shopping Derrick Henry. You know what? Every running back that is worth their salt plays a few years in a jersey that looks weird at the end of their career. The outrage. Like um I saw I saw on Twitter, it was RG3. I was, was going to protect him, but no, it was it was Robert Griffin III. He, he, he tweeted out saying, the Titans might in back-to-back off seasons trade their superstar wide receiver, A.J. Brown, and then their superstar running back, Derrick Henry. Who could have seen it coming? It's like, well, A.J. Brown was a bad decision. Derrick Henry is the only decision. Those two are not of the same ilk. Every running back that is worth their salt has a couple of like trading cards, right? Remember you ever collect kick cards as a kid and you bring up the one and it's like Emmett Smith in a Cardinals jersey and you're like, "Whoa." What? The reason is simple. Every because running back windows are so finite, we talk about it. Even the ones that last forever like like Emmett Smith, you still get to a point where you're going to do the numbers and you're going to say this guy's not going to last forever. Every running back gets to a point where their skills are expected to expire before their team can become competitive again. The team looks around, goes, we're like two, two and a half years away. You're one year away. See ya. Because it's too, it's dumb of us to just let you waste your last year on our team. And I I mean, I, Frank Gore, you know what he did his last four years in the NFL? Frank Gore, longevity, right? He was one of the, the few that bucked the trend, right? Played well late into his career. His last four years, he played for four different teams. Adrian Peterson played for six teams after leaving the Vikings. LaDainian Tomlinson played two years for the Jets. Edrin James played three years for the Cardinals and one for the Seahawks. As I mentioned, Emmitt Smith, two years for the Cardinals. Those are guys that led the league in a bunch of categories. And they were synonymous with their original franchise. Right? LaDainian Tomlinson and the Chargers, you can't pry them apart except for the two years he played with the Jets, and they were literally apart in the same conference. Edron James standing next to Peyton Manning. And also, whoever was the quarterback for the Cardinals, right? probably Matt Leinert. Like, it just doesn't always equate, right? Those guys, it happens to them. It'll happen to Derrick Henry. If it's not this year, it's next year. The Titans aren't ready to win right now. They aren't ready to win right now. You, what do you want them to have? 1,500 yards on an offense that gained 1,600 yards? I think the better question is is the one that Ian Rappaport posed on the Pat McAfee show. Uh, in part, here's what it sounded like.
2: It would make sense considering he's in the last year of his deal. I assume he would want a new, a new deal. I assume he would want guaranteed money, and he's an older running back, so I don't know where the Titans stand on that. Having conversations would make sense. You know, Would someone trade a, a real draft pick and give Derrick Henry a contract extension? That's, a, that's an argument over value.
0: Would they even be able to get something of value for Derrick Henry is a real question. Right? Because if I trade for him, I'm trading for a mercenary. Right, I'm trading for one year of battering ram football to hopefully put me over the edge. The Bills have been mentioned. The Dolphins have been mentioned. Uh, the Falcons have been mentioned. I'm trading for Derrick Henry to hopefully level us up right now. And I don't know if I want you two years from now. But there's reports that if there's a trade, Derrick Henry is going to expect uh, an extension wherever he goes. All right, and then I'm going to give you much less. If anything, how about that for for flipping the, the the tables that are turning? Should the Titans trade Derrick Henry? Well, is anyone going to want him? How crazy is that guy had fifteen hundred yards this past year, second in the NFL in rushing yards, second in the NFL in rushing yards per game, mostly healthy. Might not. Might, that's how much running backs tumble in value especially after you get to the end of that second contract, right? He signed a five-year, $50 million deal. He signed a big contract already. It's getting to the end of that. That's where the value tumbles. Let's go to the uh, the text line, Dreamlawn's text line. We also want to hear from you on the call-in line, whether it's a take on Lamar Jackson's uh, non-exclusive tag situation or Derrick Henry possibly being on the move. 757-687-687. Nine four nine four. Let's get the the Derrick Henry text right at the top there, Robbie. First, what do you got
2: from seven five seven? How do you feel about Derrick Henry going to the Commanders? I don't love it. Uh, I'd be interested
0: if they could sign him for like a one year free agency deal, but I mean, you you should spend your resources elsewhere. Running back is not the problem in Washington. Offensive line. <laughs> Right. If, if, if acquiring Derrick Henry takes a single, single unit away from what you would have spent on offensive line, don't do it. Don't do it. Lamar Jackson, I mean, we can have a conversation, but but Derrick Henry, don't do it. Speaking of Lamar Jackson, a ton of texts still coming in about his situation. Robbie, what, what what are they saying?
2: From the 757, not sure if this is possible, but what if Lamar took less money to go to Pittsburgh just to beat on Baltimore for the rest of his career?
0: Love the thought. I wish he could. Can't, at least now can't happen, right? Because um, he's a non-exclusive tagged person, player. He's a non-exclusive, non-exclusive franchise-tagged player. So let's say he wanted to go Browns, Bengals, Steelers. He wanted to play against the Ravens twice a year. So he said, listen, Pittsburgh, make me a dirt-cheap offer. I'll sign. We'll torment the Ravens together, and it will be fun. Uh, the Ravens would just match the offer. <laughs> and then he'd have to stay on the Ravens. So he can't take less and go anywhere. Now at least not this year. Now if he takes a huge deal somewhere else and then renegotiates it later or it's a short 3-4 year deal and takes less after that deal whatever it is, in the future he could take less. Um but on a non-exclusive deal if he takes less, the Ravens will just match and say, "Thanks. Now we get a now we get a bargain for a guy that that, you know, wanted the world when we were negotiating. So he actually needs to find a big deal. He needs to find a large contract or else he is going back to the Ravens.
2: Tim, do you think, and we, from the seven, five, seven, this texter talking about him possibly holding out for the first part of the season. Do you think that is a more of a possibility now that he's been franchise tagged?
0: Well, it's a hundred percent, a better possibility because, um, and this is where we nerd out a little bit, but I think is actually many of you will find this interesting. Um, when you're under contract, you essentially can't hold out because you are just getting fined through the nose and the latest CBA says they can't give it back to you. It used to be you hold out, right? They, they do the math and it's like $50,000 a day for every day you're not there and everyone goes, oh my gosh, that's big money. But then whenever your contract gets settled, the team would go as part of the contract being settled, we'll give you all, those, all that money you were fined back. Sometimes, even if your contract wasn't settled, right? You're holding out for a long-term deal. You 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 figure out that it's not worth it, and you just decide to play out your contract. The team will still say, "Well, okay, since you're coming back, we'll give you all the money you were fined back." Can't do that anymore. The CBA says it's not allowed. The interesting part is, if he doesn't sign the franchise tag tender, he's not under contract with the team, so he would not be getting fined daily. If he signs the tender, then he is, but then he also gets thirty-two million dollars. So, uh, it's it so. He could legitimately hold out. He's one of the only guys in the league that could legitimately hold out and not just be eating into their pocketbook, but he would have to not sign the tender, uh, and then whenever he does sign it, it would happen. We saw that with Le'Veon Bell. was like, when is he going to sign? going?" And then he just didn't, and he stayed out the whole year. Um, he has that option, as do Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram and everybody else. Uh, give us one more.
2: Tim from the 757, how do you feel about Derrick Henry going to play for the Bengals? Derrick Henry to the Bengals.
0: I mean they have Joe Mixon unless uh, there's a very strange situation going on with Joe Mixon right now. Uh, I don't know all the details so I'm not going to speak on it. But uh, I think they like Joe Mixon if he's available and healthy. So I don't I don't think they're in the market for a a running back. I saw Dalvin Cook might be a franchise cut out there in 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 Minnesota. Haven't seen that about Joe Mixon but like literally sometimes sometimes those you know just running backs get so old and so expensive it's like just just got him. Uh I don't see that happening with Derrick Henry, and I don't see that happening with Joe Mixon. So I don't unless they do like an old swapsies, which doesn't make sense for either. I don't see that happening. Tim Donnelly show, priority auto sports radio, 94.1. I'm all over the place with my uh, my notes here. Uh the Giants, we spoke about all the, the franchise tag with, with Lamar Jackson. Under the radar, the, the Giants franchise tagged Saquon Barkley, and that that point I just made about holding out, I think that might be a realistic option. For Saquon Barkley. I'll tell you why coming up. Coaches make
1: decisions. Players make plays. He makes it make sense. It's the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. In the backfield to see manor zone, They got zone. As
2: Barkley picks his way into the end zone. Head over heels for the Giants' touchdown.
0: Saquon Barkley. Touchdown, right there. Fox play-by-play. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto, Sports Radio, 94.1. If you are Saquon Barkley, first of all, the first thing you got to do is probably go like put 450 pounds on a bar and squat, right? You got to go move some weight just to know what it feels like. But once you're done with that, if you are Saquon Barkley, you have to consider trying to strong-arm the Giants, right? Sit out, hold out, threaten, do whatever you have. You got franchise tagged, and you had to watch one of your very, very good friends, Daniel Jones, get paid through the nose. Can't be happy. I mean, you pretend you are. I know he tweeted a congratulations to, to DJ, to his buddy, Danny J, Danny Dimes. Follow us on Twitter. Thank you for reminding me, Robbie, at ESPN Radio 941. You can also follow me at Donnelly Sports. Now is where it gets interesting for the Giants. Daniel Jones, cool, you took care of it. Saquon Barkley, not taken care of. Mike Garofolo on, on Up to the Minute about what the Giants have in store for them when it comes to a Barkley negotiation.
2: Now they've got up to the middle of July to do a long-term deal with Saquon Barkley. Otherwise, he's got to play on the one-year tag at $10 million. Uh, I know that they would much prefer this to be done much, much sooner. They've already had discussions. Joe Shane met with Saquon Barkley yesterday to tell him that he wants to keep both him and Daniel Jones in the fold. I know that Jones and Barkley have been in talk today between the two of them because these guys love playing on the same team with each other. And they want to make sure that that continues 2023.
0: There might not be. And I say this after actually looking at rosters. There might not be a running back in the NFL that is more important to their team than Saquon Barkley is to the Giants. Right? They they are trying to build. They have expectations that they are going to be better. Their game is built upon the run. They do not have, at least at this point, tremendous amounts of other weapons that they can depend on. It's not like they can come out throwing to open the run because at the moment they don't have receivers. Daniel Jones had more leverage to get more money from the Giants because they needed the tag available to secure Saquon because they couldn't let Saquon walk. But look at it from Saquon's perspective. They just locked him up to a one-year deal, minimum, at $10 million. Saquon is 26 years old, will turn 27 during next year's playoffs. The tag is a problem for Saquon. So guess what you do when you have leverage and you have a problem? You turn your problem into their problem. A holdout by Saquon is a problem for the Giants because he is, in many ways, their offense. When they were dominant up until about a little past halfway of the season, that guy was all over the place. He got tired, they got bad again. He got better, they got better. Saquon is the engine that drives that offense. And until he signs that franchise tag tender, till he puts pen to paper, he can hold out and not have to give them back a whole bunch of money. So if I am I am Saquon, I am making it very clear to the Giants. I'm not playing on a one-year deal. Is that truth or is it bluff? That's for the Giants to decide. Now for me, right, because I can put all my cards on the table, probably a bluff. I'd probably come back the week of the first game. But I would not say that to anybody. I'm not even telling Daniel, he could be my best friend. I'm not telling him if he's going to the facility every day because it might slip. I'm telling everybody that asks, nope, not on this one-year deal. Give me my three years, 45. Give me my four years, 45, 50. Right? Give me my my guaranteed $25, 30000000 million, and then I'll be back with a smile.
2: But you need me. And I need a long-term deal. Let's make it happen. You think he's kicking himself a little bit because they did offer him a, a deal midway through the season? It may not have been what it he depends, wanted. It depends what that deal is. But I mean, now he's making. You know, it was. I think it was like three, four years, $12 million, 12.5 it, it, it depends. I don't think
0: he's kicking himself yet. I, I bet you he still thinks he's going to do better. But they have till July to make it make a make a deal happen and i mean if you listen to to the clip we just played both sides still want a deal to happen now if a deal doesn't happen and he ends up playing for the 10.9 or whatever it is then he probably would be like man i wish i would have would have snatched that up that that deal they offered or he might say that deal was insulting i hate them i'm never going to play for them again now i don't think you know either of those things are are going to end up happening but i think i would make it seem like that might end up happening Running backs don't have leverage very long, right? As soon as he turns 27, 28 years old, his leverage is gone. So if they if you know your your leverage expires in 10 months, you better use it now. The Giants, I bet you they they celebrated, right? Hey, we got Daniel Jones locked up for the next three years, four years, whatever it is. Hey, we got Dan, uh, Saquon Barkley on the tag. Look at us solving problems. And I'm gonna uh, your your deal, your work just got started. What are you celebrating? It's the first inning. And you left runners on base. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. Geno Smith. Oh, actually, we got to do a giveaway. Thank you for reminding me. I forgot about that earlier. I promised you a giveaway. Let's do one right now. Aaron Lewis, 2023 Acoustic Tour. They're coming Saturday, March 18th, so 10 days from now. To Chartway Arena, we have a pair of tickets to give away. Uh, They're going to caller number 4 at 757-687-9494. Aaron Lewis, 2023 Acoustic Tour tickets to caller number 4 at 757-687-9494. Geno Smith. Went from down and out to top of the world, immediately confident in himself again. If you want to learn about the wild amounts of self-confidence that it takes to be an NFL quarterback, look no further than Geno Smith. We'll explain coming up after this right here on the Tim Donnelly Show.
1: Like a double bogey on a par four, the action starts at three and goes until six. This is the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Geno Smith. Pressure coming. Floats it out for Lockett. Can he stay in bounds? Oh, vintage Tyler Lockett for the touchdown.
0: Vintage Geno Smith for the touchdown pass. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1 show is presented by Larry King Law. If you want to learn or you want to see, you want to experience the wild and over-the-top self-confidence that is necessary to become an NFL quarterback, look no further. I've got the the example. I've got an example. Pretty good one. Geno Smith. Geno Smith has been to the top of the world a few times, and he was knocked down hard quite a few times, right? He was supposed to be a first-round pick, a dynamic career at West Virginia. You remember those teams with Tavon Austin and Stedman Bailey, and they were scoring 5,000 points a game, and he was going to be a number one pick, meaning a first-rounder, not the number one. Falls to the second, and what did he do? He walked out of the green room. His agent had to go track him down and tell him to come back inside. It was a big deal. That's from the top to the bottom in about two, three hours. Then as a rookie for the Jets, he started 16 games. Started 13 games as a second-year player. Then he started two games over the next six years. From the top to the top to the bottom. By the way, mixed in amongst there, he had his jaw broken by a teammate in a locker room fight. Became the butt of a billion jokes. You would think this guy knows what it's like to have the world at your fingertips and have it slip through your fingers. You would think he might want to protect himself against that as much as he possibly could. He has one big year with the Seattle Seahawks, which, make no mistake about it, it was a big year. Led the league in completion percentage. He's immediately betting on himself again. He's immediately saying, well, I made it here. I'm going to stay here. Here's his head coach, Pete Carroll of uh, the Seattle Seahawks, on uh, 7, 10 a.m. out there in Seattle.
1: When you guys get your chance and you really dig in, you'll see that it, it, it is – it is you know leaning that way we're we're counting on him coming through and doing the things that he was able to do last year and, and if he if he does that he's going to get rewarded we know that if that if he's able to come back and do that he's going to have a great season and we're going to be in great shape we're going to have a real chance to be at the best at our best so um it is heavily structured that way and you know know he, he he's gambling a little bit in that sense on himself which yeah is, i mean what does that say about I mean, him no he's, to he's, do he's that. clear about it and they were you know this was part of it and throughout so it's a it's a really strong part of the contract and and i think that's maybe why the ownership is so happy with it too
0: of course ownership is happy with it there's 30 million dollars in incentives he took 40 million guaranteed 40 daniel jones got 94 derek carr got 70 now i'm not saying he's as good maybe you would think he is as good or whatever but i know that 30 million dollars in incentives is a big bet on yourself he has had like, his, his expectations set very high a few times in his career, and he's had it taken away. Some his fault, some situation, some in his control, some out of his control. He gets a little taste and immediately bets on himself again. The way this contract is, is set up, they could move on from him after one season. Now, this is, I'm not saying the reason why I might not be an NFL quarterback, but if I were in that situation, I'm telling my agent, give me some security here. Give me some stability. I don't need $30 million in incentives. Give me $5 million more in guaranteed dollars. Make it more difficult for them to move on from me after one year. I want two to prove myself in case DK gets hurt this year, in case they draft Anthony Richardson it's it's unbelievable that that like he has to know that success in an NFL quarterback room success by an NFL quarterback in many cases is outside of your control right there are a lot of things that can hold you back that are not you right it's not just you have to play well some of it is play caller some of it is injuries around you. Some of it is how good your teammates are. Some of it is pure and total luck, right? Ball gets tipped by a defensive lineman who just throws his hand in the air randomly. Now, does that tip spiral onto the ground for an incomplete? Does it go into a defender's hands and he runs it back for a touchdown? Now you have a pick six on your resume. Like some of it is completely and totally up for grabs. He has to know that because he's been through it. If he's not drafted by the Jets, if he's drafted by another team that's a bit more stable, he has to know that wasn't in his control and that affected everything about the first nine years of his career. As soon as he gets a little bit of leverage, he gets a little bit of value. He's like, you know what, guys? Of course, I'm inevitable. I'll bounce. Uh, yeah, I'll bet on myself. That makes it, there's nothing that can stop me because he's a professional athlete. Professional athletes have egos, quarterbacks have egos. Do you know what was the, like when I was choosing my position as a kid, right? Everybody does, you know, unless you're a big kid, then the coaches just kind of put you on the offensive line, uh, defensive line. Um, I played quarterback all the way up through college. The number one thing that people tell you about quarterback is you have the ball in your hands every play. That's inherently an ego move. Like you think you're the guy that should have the ball in your hand every play. Now think about the guys that have the ego to say, yeah, I want the ball in my hand every play, and they're the best of the best at that, that get all the way to the NFL. Yeah, surprise. They they yeah, egos. Egos. Right, they could sell a shoe without a logo, but they want a logo, right? Geno Smith has been has every reason to be to be in doubt of his future, and he's going, there's no doubt. Credit to him. I hope it works out. I hope it works out. Because he he did not give himself – I mean, first of all, we, and we always had to put this disclaimer out there, they operate in a different world than we do. Professional athletes operate in a different world than we do. When I say he set himself up with only a $40 million safety net, to us, that sounds stupid and ridiculous, but I'm saying he could have had a much larger safety net and given up some of the upside. And I think that's what most of us would have done, right? Give me the 50, give me the 60 guaranteed, and I don't need the whole top end $30 million of incentives. I actually thought there was a a chance Daniel Jones was going to do that. Just call up his agent and go, listen, four years, 120, get as much as you can guaranteed, put a good team around me. My next contract is what matters, and I want the team to be good. He didn't do that. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. Lamar Jackson's market was immediately cold. Non-exclusively franchise tagged. Everybody said I'm out. We've been talking about it throughout the show. You've been calling in. I ask you to continue to do that. 757-687-9494. But as always, all right, like one man's trash, another man's treasure. If this keeps going poorly for Lamar Jackson, somebody is going to get a deal. Be opportunistic out there, commanders, dolphins. Be opportunistic. I'll tell you what I mean coming up next.